Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. We're glad to be with you today right here on WMAF. And we have a very important subject to talk about today. And I'm, I'm excited to bring you this message because I believe a giant is going to fall today. Amen. A giant that is so intimidating, so incriminating, uh, that it fills so many people uh, with fear and trepidation uh, that it is actually stomping its way. Uh, into so many lives today. It is so big and so uh, absolutely foreboding uh, that it will defeat many people. But there is a victory in Jesus Christ today. There is a way to see this giant fall today. We're going to talk about him and we're going to talk about how to bring him down. And uh, we're going to have few allusions to the story of David in the Old Testament and a whole lot of revelation. Amen. Of how this spiritual foe can be defeated in the New Testament today. Amen. So we just want you to stay tuned. This is an important message. uh, Not just for people that don't know Jesus. Who are so subject to this particular issue. But even people that are in the church. Even people that are in the clergy. Even people uh, that are Christian today. Uh, But we will all at some point have to deal with this giant and I want to deal with him effectively and tell others how to deal with him just as effectively. So please stay tuned to the broadcast. We believe it's going to be a very special blessing to you today. And as we get into God's word today, that God's word will get down on the inside of us. If you know someone that is going through clinical depression or just depression, period, uh, this is uh, something we have to take very very seriously. There's no one above it. There's no one that hasn't been affected to some degree at some point of time. If you've lived very long, you have had, in fact, it's affecting children. You don't have to live that long and have that many life experiences to begin to have to deal with this giant of depression and despair. Uh, so we're going to be talking in just a few moments about defeating the giant of despair, defeating the giant of despair. Uh, listen to me today as, as I share some statistics with you. Even in ministry, even in, in spiritual leadership, men uh, uh, and women knowing the scriptures, knowing what God has said, uh, knowing uh, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, no one can learn this lesson just by going to Bible college or listening to the tapes of some great evangelist reading some book on it, uh, uh, reading the Bible just for the sake of the words within it. You have to learn this lesson in the school of the Spirit. I want to say that again. This lesson and this victory can only come through a school of the Spirit, something God's Spirit leads you into and takes you through. Amen. In fact, I'm going to go on record as saying, you have to come to an end of yourself. You have to face this giant in your life in order to defeat him. You can't defeat him until you face him, and you can't face him until you begin to experience a sense of despair. All right, I want to qualify that biblically and personally and experientially in just a few moments. Amen. Listen to the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and verses 9. I'm so glad that Paul here 
is going to be open, very candid. He's not going to worry about his confession, allowing the devil to get, I understand murmuring, I understand complaining, I understand not praising God at the appropriate time. I understand, amen, just opening the door and inviting the devil in through through mully-grubbing, as I call it, constant complaining and, and verging on the accusing God of being unfaithful. Oh, friend of mine, we can't give place to the devil, but listen carefully today. We can't be dishonest about our true feelings. We're dealing with a God of truth. And it's okay to admit when we are weak in His presence and when we are are, are desperate for His help. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is not a desperation that says, God, if you don't help me, I'm doomed. It's a desperation that says, God, I am doomed except for your help, but I know that your help is available to me. There's a faith even in that time when we feel uh, this overwhelming sense of despair. And Paul talked about it in his life. This, This great apostle of Jesus Christ with such revelation, you know, he's had so many uh, spiritual revelations from God. He is attributed, if you count, some debate it, but if you account, the book of Hebrews. The Apostle Paul is attributed with writing 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Isn't that an incredible, incredible uh, 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 place and position to be in as as one of the more outstanding apostles in terms of how God uh, used him. Hallelujah. Amen. And and how much of his own uh, ministry uh, contributes to the gospel itself. Oh, a friend of mine, if there is anyone who is a mighty paragon of power and anointing and, and revelation of the word, It's the mighty Apostle Paul. But listen to the mighty Apostle Paul speaking. Listen to what he has to say about his personal uh, 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 journey into this place of, of faith. And this giant that he had to face and defeat himself before he could go on and carry on the work of the Lord, this giant of despair. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about his revelations, the Bible said, lest he be lifted up above measure, there was given to him in the New Testament, there was given to him an emissary from Satan, a thorn in the flesh. And the Apostle Paul said, you know, I prayed three times. And I know that he prayed in faith. And I know he was fervent. Because he saw this thorn in the flesh as something that was hindering him uh, from being all he was supposed to be and doing all he was supposed to do for Christ. He wanted this thing removed because it was a constant thing in his life. He always had to deal with it. And heaven was unresponsive until God spoke to him and said, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is perfected in weakness. One translation says, My strength shows up best in weak people. 
the same Apostle Paul with an understanding of the place of trials and tests in our life and why God doesn't immediately deliver us from them, but rather chooses to take us through them. Amen. So that we might discover what he discovered is how to bring down the giant of despair. Hallelujah. Praise God. How to not be defeated even though we just absolutely feel like we within ourselves have nothing more to give, nothing more to offer. A oh, friend of mine, we're living in a day when the suicide rate is the second largest killer of young men and young women with their whole life and future before them and yet coming into such a sense of helplessness and hopelessness that they don't want to live one more day. Someone said you can live without food, and there are exceptions, but you can live basically without food if you're in excellent health for somewhere near 30 days. You can live without water before you begin to dehydrate for three days. You can live without air if you have good lung capacity for up to three minutes before that suffocation and begins to set in and brain cells begin to die. But you can't live three seconds without hope. But you can't live three seconds without hope. Friends, I want you to know today that God is offering us that that we need to overcome the giant of despair. And today, I have been in those valleys in my life. I have been where Paul was. And I can report to you that there is an answer. It is not some overblown, overused spiritual cliche uh, that is out there drifting around. Uh, we, we, we must have an understanding of the place of trials in our life and the purpose of testings in our life and how God wants to take us through them to teach us something that we can only learn when we come to an end of ourselves. That the end of yourself today, friend, can come become the beginning of a life of trusting God like you have never known. Where that burden that weighs you down to the point of total exhaustion can be lifted off of you. And that joy of knowing no matter what, God is in control and God is faithful. And you don't have to be standing on a mountaintop, amen, to have God hear your cry and get God's help brought into your life circumstance. God will come to you in the deepest, darkest time of your life, and He will bring you through. Here's what the Apostle Paul said, and I love how candid he is in, in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 and 9. For we would not, brethren, have you to be ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. He came to an end of himself to learn what you can only learn by going through something that brings you to an end of yourself. 
But the end of himself was the beginning of a faith and trust in God that he would have never known had he not been brought to that place. And after this experience and after this statement of coming to the end of himself, even to the point of despairing of life itself, he wasn't suicidal. He just didn't want to live anymore. He didn't want to take his life. He wanted God to take him home. Moses prayed for the same thing. One of the great, mighty leaders in Israel, the patriarch to the, the whole lineage of, of, of the Jewish uh, community, Moses. <laughs> he, he was so overwhelmed by the responsibilities of leadership itself that his, his, his father-in-law heard him praying for God to take him. Don't let me completely fall apart and discourage the people. Just take me home. Amen. And that's when he said, choose you 70 men. I'll take a portion of the anointing on you. I'll place it on them. You don't have to despair. There's always hope in God. There's always an answer in God. There's always an answer on the way. Hallelujah. When we feel hopeless and helpless, remember the answer is on the way. We used to sing that. It's not just a little ditty to, to titillate our emotions. It is a it is a spiritual and biblical truth. The answer is on the way. This I know. Jesus said it. I believe it. And it's so. Our Heavenly Father knows our need before we pray. And you can rest assured. The answer is on the way. Oh, friend of mine, you can rest assured today. Wherever you are, the answer is on the way. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, the answer is not on the way. It's here. Christ has already come. And if you come to know Him, you will suddenly realize that you have a helper and a help in life. You don't have to be strong anymore. Amen. In your weakness, you can be made strong. That's exactly what happened to the Apostle Paul. He said, when I'm weak, then am I made strong. And the strength that came to him was beyond his own strength. It was no longer his natural ability uh, to withstand. It was supernatural ability to go through every test, every persecution, every circumstance, every situation. And it prompted him to say, after coming to an end of himself and defeating the giant of despair, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He didn't talk about his ability, but Christ who strengtheneth me. Praise God. Amen. Even, even his victory over sin, his victory over his own flesh, his own weaknesses, you know, he talked about in Romans chapter 7. He said, when I would do good, <laughs> he said, he said, you know, evil presents itself. He said, he said, when I wanted to do the right thing, I ended up doing the wrong thing. And he got so exhausted trying to do within his own strength what can only be achieved in and through the strength that Jesus gives us. He came to the place that he said, you know, there's a, there's a law in my members. I can't escape this law in my members. The spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. It's an ongoing war and it can wear one 
down. This We can become uh, in a state of depression and defeat and despair very easily if we don't defeat the giant of despair. And he did. he was at a point where you could see this giant at once again. The giant of persecution was stalking him in the context of what we're writing. But this giant of self-despair was already stalking him as he began his walk with God. He said, O wretched man that I am, this struggle had begun to fatigue him and bring him into a low state. He said, O wretched man. Wretched here means one exhausted after a great fight. A great battle has wore someone down. You know, with our soldiers, any any soldiers anywhere in the world, battle fatigue is a very great danger. They can have the greatest weaponry, the greatest armor, the greatest war machine in the world. But if they despair, if they get wore down, if they are too worn out and, and feel helpless uh, to fight on, uh, then no matter what uh, they have, have in their arsenal, how well armed they are, they will be vanquished in battle, they will be defeated. Despair brings depression and discouragement, and that brings defeat in anyone's life. Listen very carefully. The Apostle Paul said, O wretched man that I am, we're down near the end of the, the, the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. Who will deliver me from this body of sin? Once again, he's at an end of himself. He can't do it in and of himself. But he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. I can do all things. It just keeps resonating. Every time this giant appears, Jesus stands taller. Hallelujah. Praise God. Through Jesus Christ. I thank God through Jesus Christ. He said, I can overcome. And then he goes on and just carries the thought into Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. Sin will not reign, he said, in my body. Satan will not win over me. Temptation will not prevail. Jesus Christ will deliver me. Jesus Christ, in fact, has delivered me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Friend of mine, today we must face and defeat the giant of despair. I mentioned it touching clergy. And those that are in spiritual leadership, no one is exempt from this. Whether it's the great apostle in the New Testament, or the uh, the great evangelist or teacher or preacher in the 21st century. I'm affiliated with a, 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 a group of pastors that meet together to, to help each other to never fall into this place. And if we find ourselves into this place, to not despair of life itself but to trust in a God who raises the dead, a God who comes through, who grants the supernatural to our natural. 1,000, statistically 700, 1,700 men and women will walk out of the pulpit and out of places of spiritual leadership because they despair, because 
of the circumstances that seem to be so overwhelming to them uh, that they fall into this hopelessness. And without hope, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. There is no help coming from God and or from man. And that's when we get into that terrible, terrible danger zone. So I want to define despair according to the a simple statement from the American Heritage Dictionary. And I quote, It means to lose all hope, to be overcome by a sense of futility or defeat, complete, complete loss of hope. Some synonyms for despair include hopelessness, despondency, and discouragement. Here's how Mark Twain described despair. He said, it's a time when one's spirit is subdued and sad. One knows not why. When the past seems a storm-swept desolation, life a vanity and a burden, and the future but a way to death. What a, what a terrible but true description of despair. And there's a great danger of despair, and we see it in our society today. According to researchers at the University of Missouri, Columbia Health Sciences Center, a lack of hope has been linked to poor behavior in children. As reported by Reuters' Leslie Lang, you see, children, you don't have to live through a lot of negative circumstances for this giant to show up. It's stalking our very children today. It said children with high levels of hopelessness tended to engage in harmful and destructive behavior to themselves and others, tended to be defiant, refusing to obey rules, take turns or share, and they tended to skip school. The researcher quoted indicated that hopelessness may be an indicator for children and teens who are prone to act in antisocial or aggressive behavior. You just read every day of what is happening from 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 uh, our public school systems all the way through the college system on campuses all over the United States of America. You can see uh, that how the change has come. Uh, something is happening today. We're living in a world that is in a culture here in America and around the world that is pushing God away, pushing God away. And the Bible said of those that are without God are also without hope in this present world. But the flip side of that is that our God is called in the New Testament the God of all hope. (laughs) Fill you with hope in believing. Friend, hope is the mighty force Hallelujah, that brings down this giant of despair. We are not without help. God has promised to help us. Therefore, we are never without hope. With God, there are no hopeless cases. The Bible said with man, uh, with man, <laughs> with man there, there's many things that are impossible, but the things that are impossible with man, are possible with God. Hallelujah. And we are not without hope. Even death doesn't bring us into a hopeless state. The Apostle Paul said it clearly. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, about those who are asleep. Those who have died. Those, those 
family members and friends that have preceded us and children and death. He said, for we are not like others <laughs> who have no hope. Praise God. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we believe that those that die in him will rise also. Amen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the trump of God, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And when he does, the dead in Christ shall rise. And we which are living and remain shall be caught up with them <laughs> to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these very words. You see, words that bring hope, bring comfort that nothing can defeat and nothing can cancel. I want to say this to someone listening to this broadcast today. I went through nervous exhaustion some years ago. It was one of the deepest, darkest valleys of my life. What scared me was that I couldn't muster up the great faith that uh, it seemed it was going to be necessary to defeat this giant that was so big in my life. Fear stalked me, and then I felt guilty for being fearful. Uh, fear had a stranglehold on me, and I found myself laying awake at night with uh, the brightest lights. I had to sleep by myself in a room with bright lights on all night long, because when I turned the lights off, it felt like my breath was cutting off. Nervous exhaustion put you into a deep, dark pit that you seem not able to climb out of. And when I began to share this testimony, I knew people would look at me and judge me not to have enough faith and say, well, you should have done this, you could have done that. And I'm so glad for a God who didn't condemn me. I'm so glad for a God that loved me through that. I'm so glad for a God that took me through that valley, that didn't just yank me out so that I just dispense a scripture here and there, but I declare a faithful, loving, merciful God that even when we despair uh, and we cry unto Him with, with, with an, a faith that is, is not tainted by our own energy or ingenuity, but we throw ourselves out on His mercy, His grace, and we depend exclusively on His help and His strength. And we find that it will be made available to us. When we come to the end of ourself, it's the beginning of a life of intense trust in the Lord that brings a consistent peace and power to us that would come no other way. Praise God. Amen. So I had ministered that and been open like Paul about what I had been through and how faithful God was in that dark valley. I got a letter from an evangelist from another state. And in the letter, he was member of a, of a large, full gospel, a spirit-filled denomination that, uh, that emphasizes the power of God in one's life. And he felt so defeated because while preaching this power, this strength, he had come into a hopeless state. And he said, when I read, when I heard that sermon, how he got it, where he got it, I don't know. The tapes were going out then. The old cassette tapes were being sent out and going places. He said, but when I heard 
what you went through. And I heard how God brought you through. It gave me courage. He said, I had my resignation letter written, signed, and ready to mail that I was not going to be a minister any longer. It was ready to send to the, to the leader of our organization. And he said, but I took it and I tore it in half. And God renewed my strength. And I am going to carry on and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then he said to me, if it's any consolation to you through your suffering and through your circumstance, I have been healed. And he knew that God is the one that helped him. But it was a testimony of one who said there is no place you can get that God can't or won't reach you if you will look up from the bottom of that pit. He will pull you out. He will take you through. Praise God. I'm so glad today to declare unto you that God loves you and that you don't have to be strong for Him to give you strength. Hallelujah. In fact, if you are at the end of yourself, this can be the beginning. If you will look to God right now, this can be the beginning of a life of faith, a life of trust that you would have never known unless you had come to that place in your life. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you're without hope and without God in this world. And despair can take you into a place of depression and discouragement. And many will take their own life because they see no way out. Today, your way out is Jesus Christ. It's not an oversimplification. Repent of your sin. Receive Christ as your Savior. Because He promised the day that you do, your sins will be forgiven. And He will go with you all the way and never leave you. Well, our time is gone. Come back next week. Let's talk about Jesus.